Hello, love, and welcome back to another episode. I'm Logan, your host, founder, and creative director of Wild Branding Co. And I'm so excited to be here with you today. I feel like I say that at the start of every episode, but I truly always mean it. (laughs) Like, I have been hit or miss here lately with the podcast simply because time and I don't know. It just hasn't, I haven't, let me rephrase all of this. I haven't made the podcast a priority. Let me take ownership and responsibility. Okay. Cause that's what a sovereign queen does. She doesn't blame. She doesn't victimize herself. She doesn't become the martyr. She fucking owns her shit. And I'm going to own the fact that I haven't made this podcast a priority and that's okay. Um, it's been a busy season of life, a full season of life. And, um, other things have just needed my attention, but for whatever reason, I'm feeling really inspired. Um, probably because I have a lot to say about what I'm sharing right now. And, um, I'm a big fan of creating and consuming long form content, not necessarily reading it unless it's a book. I love reading books, but I don't find myself often reading lengthy articles or anything like that, but I do love a good podcast. And right now I'm in this season, if you guys have been around here long enough, you know that anything that I'm sharing with you in my business, in my brand is just an extension of what is going on in my life right now. What is feeling relevant? What is feeling present? And um, what I'm sharing right now, I just have so much to say. (laughs) Oftentimes too much for an Instagram story or a reel or even a post. Um, I just have a lot to say. And, you know, low of the past would have said it very, very quickly um, because she didn't want to be a burden to anyone. Um, That's definitely one of my trauma responses in the past is like speaking very, very quickly because I feel like if I take too long to get to the point, then people aren't going to listen, which is some true is true in some instances. Right. But for the people who truly want to hear my medicine, they're going to stick around and they're going to listen. And so I've really had to you know, do some, some unlearning around that and give myself permission to slow down and to take as long as I need to take to share the message and the medicine and to trust that the people who are ready to receive it will. They'll stick around as long as they need to, to receive whatever medicine, whatever wisdom, whatever nuances need to make it into their field of consciousness, right? So just actually giving myself permission to take up that space, right? We often talk about taking up space in a physical way, um, which it absolutely, you know, can be, but it's also like taking up energetic space, allowing your message to take as much space, as much time, as much breath as it needs, to actually make its way into the collective, not rushing the process, right? I am just in this season of slowing down and, you know, really savoring what is desiring to move through me right now. And it feels so unbelievably good. It feels also so unbelievably new and different because of course we live in a culture of instant gratification and go, 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 move, 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 do, do, do. How fast can you do this thing? 
And right now, I just feel myself being called to slow down. And I even like, I can hear it in my language and the way I'm speaking. Like, this is just where I'm called. And, you know, it's, it, like I said, it just feels really good. It feels like this this exhale, like I've been holding my breath for a really long time. And I'm finally able to just exhale and let my exhale be what it needs to be, right? It feels so good. And this is the perfect segue into what I want to talk with you about today, which is the resistance that seems to come up when we either are first introduced to the idea of stepping more into feminine embodiment or we're actively in the pursuit of stepping into the feminine embodiment. There can be this resistance, kind of this pushback, this, uh, I don't know, right? It can feel really fucking hard. And that's really what I want to talk about today is, you know, why does it sometimes feel so hard to allow ourselves to embody what really is our true nature? Like, why does that feel so freaking hard? <laughs> And how can we really navigate that so that we can step more fully into it? And ultimately, for me, feminine embodiment has been just this gateway into a life of greater abundance, a greater sense of fulfillment, more pleasure, more purpose, more intentionality, more presence, Um, it's just been, it's been more like just more of everything in the best way possible, this natural overflow. And it's, it's really hard to kind of describe and conceptualize sometimes because it is such a felt thing. Like I feel it, like I feel physically held. I feel loved. I feel supported. I feel guided. I feel abundant. I feel pleasurable. I like, I feel just, it's just this fullness. That's the best way I can describe it. It's this fullness, but not a fullness of like, you know, I'm, I, it's uncomfortable and I'm going to burst. It's just this fullness of like, like I am filled to my brim. And from this space, I now overflow. And when I overflow, I improve everyone's life around me. I have an overflow of abundance. I have an overflow of pleasure. I have an overflow of joy and excitement and love. And this is the natural state of the feminine. Not how the vast majority of women are running around right now, you know, who are severely undernourished, whether it's physically undernourished because we're surviving off of coffee, caffeine, alcohol, all of these things, or we're emotionally undernourished because we lack the sense of community that women are meant to to thrive in, or it's spiritually undernourished because we lack the connection to the truth of who we are, whatever way, like there are countless ways, but women are walking around every single day undernourished neglected, rejected, either by, you know, society and cultural norms or by themselves. And I don't think it's a coincidence that women's health issues are also more prevalent now than any other time in history. Women walking around with, you know, things as quote unquote minor as irregular periods, 
heavy periods, painful periods, all the way up to the most severe of, you know, PCOS and endometriosis and infertility and all of these other things. Like, it's no wonder the feminine is suffering because the feminine is rejected and has been historically and globally for centuries now. So when we talk about stepping into this space that traditionally for centuries now has literally not been safe, where you could be murdered, and there are still parts of the world today where women are not safe to be women. It's no coincidence that we feel resistance when we go to move into this space, when we go to embody more of who we truly are as women. So the first thing that I really want to extend to you in this episode is grace. I understand how scary it can feel to think about surrendering, letting go, allowing, relaxing. That feels really scary to a body that has been conditioned to believe that its worthiness is in constant, constantly doing, constantly achieving, constantly sacrificing. So we have to find the safety in the body to really be able to move into this space. So let's just continue this conversation, right? The resistance to stepping into the feminine. The feminine, which is really the gateway, like I said, to a life of just abundant overflow. A life of abundance, of fulfillment, of pleasure, of purpose, of joy, of excitement, of enthusiasm, of vibrancy, of health, of wealth. Like, that's what the feminine offers to us. But your experience of abundance does not take away from someone else's experience of abundance. And abundance is your birthright. Overflow is your natural state. And that is the gift that the feminine offers us, right? But again, it feels inherently unsafe for all of those reasons. And also being like feminine energy, feminine embodiment has gotten this negative connotation that it's somehow lazy, that it's somehow unproductive, that it's somehow um, just not a good thing. And again, it's it's because our culture overvalues hyper-masculinity, right? Go, 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 do, 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 very action and achievement oriented, which People tend to not realize those are also fundamental aspects of the feminine. It's just done in a different way from a different energy through a different lens. There are lots of different archetypes within the feminine. And the one that I tend to call home the vast majority of the time is this warrior woman archetype. And it's the more masculine of the feminine archetypes. She, she's a warrior, right? So she, she's going into battle. She's doing the damn thing, but it's through the lens of the feminine. So it's not, it's, it's this rooted action orientation, right? She's rooted. She's solid. She knows who she is. It's not this desperation or this need to conquer and, you know, demoralize anyone else. It's, it's moving from this place of power, knowing who she is, knowing um, the energies that are supporting her, knowing like that, so it's, it's that kind of action, you know, this, this action orientation through the lens of the feminine. 
right? But we're not we're not necessarily taught that. <laughs> we're not taught that. So our culture tends to most value hyper masculinity, this go, 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 do, do, do. So then it devalues uh hyper femininity or even a wounded femininity of you know softness, more um you know, more subdued, um, submissive, you know, is a big word. Um, and you know, so, so masculinity gets wrongfully coined as productive and, um, you know, uh, it's, it's making a valuable contribution. It's going, it's doing, it's, it's achieving, it's, it's all of these things. Meanwhile, the feminine is lazy and flighty and flaky and ungrounded and, you know, God forbid sexual and all of these things. So we have these stereotypes of masculinity and femininity. And, you know, both of them are are, are pretty fucking wrong, pretty fucked up. Uh, but the vast majority of these holds of, of, of our culture holds these as true. And then our culture also tends to value one and undervalue the other. So not only does being in the feminine, you know, inherently and, you know, physically feel unsafe in the body, then we have our culture that says being feminine is either promiscuous or it's lazy or it's slutty or, you know, it's any of these other things. And if we're doing that, then we're we're not being productive, contributing members to society. And therefore we aren't worthy of anything. We aren't worthy of existence, much less love, abundance, pleasure, all of these things, right? So our history our ancestors, our, our generational upbringing, our conditioning within this person, like within this particular lifetime, all of that combined makes being in the feminine not at all desirable. <laughs> uh, worst case scenario, it makes it feel very, very unsafe, very triggering. Best case scenario, it it's just, you know, fucking undesirable. Like nobody wants that. And it's all wrong. It's all wrong. And it's also all rooted in, you know, our primal desire to be accepted. And, you know, for centuries, women just weren't, they haven't been, the feminine hasn't been accepted, right? She has been deeply shamed and rejected globally and historically. And we carry within us the wounds from our ancestors, from those women who came before us. So that's why it feels fucking hard. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. And I promise you, you're not the only one who feels this. I have felt it so much deep resistance to it because if I slow down, if I relax, if I exhale, if I let myself be supported, what happens when no one supports me? What happens when the house falls apart? What happens when no one does the laundry? What happens when no one makes the appointments? What happens when no one cleans? What happens? And all of that lends itself to deeper conversations, right? These are all nuances. And if you're in partnership with someone, then it requires a conversation with that partner, letting them know that you desire to be more supported. And these are the ways that you can be, that they can help you in feelings that way, right? So I don't want to make it seem like, you know, it's just a quick flip of the switch in feminine embodiment, oftentimes, and especially if we're doing life with other people, this requires more conversation. There's more nuance to what's going on here. Like I really had to have conversations with my husband about how I didn't feel like I could really embody 
my feminine energy, which was hurting our intimacy. It was hurting our sex life because here we had two people who were embodying their masculine energy, trying to come together in a co-creative relationship. And it just wasn't working. You know, I, I could not physically relax to let him, you know, support me in any way, you know, in or out of the bedroom. So, you know, there's that aspect too. We have to have conversations with the people in our lives. And I have uh, more episodes coming where it's going to really help you to embody more of your feminine energy within the different aspects of your life, including in partnership. But just, I just want to note that here, um, that oftentimes feminine embodiment, especially when we're doing life with other people, mandates, requires conversation, right? Because your partner has likely grown up in a very similar environment with similar expectations, with similar conditioning that you have. So they have their own perceptions that are impacting the way they're showing up either in their masculine or their feminine, right? So when we're doing partnership with people, with other people, we have to have these conversations, right? So that's the first half. Why does it feel so hard? (laughs) And, um, now I have a few suggestions for how we move through the resistance, right? So now we know somewhat where the resistance come from, comes from. It may vary. It's going to vary from, you know, person to person experience to experience, but what are some ways that we can begin to navigate this resistance, right? How do we navigate it? How do we move through it and embody more of our true nature and then attract more of what we desire from a place of safety and sovereignty. Now, these suggestions that I have are from my personal lived experience. So if they do not resonate with you, that's totally fine. We can disagree and still live happily ever after. And, you know, it's all good. So if you disagree with anything that I'm going to say, that's fine. Don't feel the need to reach out to me and tell me that you disagree. Just file this information under do not agree and move on. That's what I do. Um, So this has been my personal lived experience. Number one, proving little by little that my feminine is a safe space to occupy. And there are so many different ways that I've done this. Um, I think one of the biggest spaces where I really first started to embody more of my feminine energy was in my marriage, was in my relationship, because it just, it just felt like a safe space already. Um, you know, I've been with my husband for 13, going on 14 years now. Uh, we met when I was 16 and he was 19 and we eloped when I was 18 and he was 21. And you know, the rest is history. We have four kids and we've been through a lot of life together and it just felt like a safe space where I could embody more of this. And, um, so allowing myself to do that within the context of my marriage. And, you know, that looked like letting myself receive more pleasure from him, um, whether it was sexual pleasure or just pleasure in general, we have different love languages. Um, mine is gift giving and his is physical touch, affection and words of affirmation. And so allowing myself to receive love from him, both in the ways that I best receive love, but also in the ways that he best gives love and 
just practicing showing myself that it's safe, you know, giving myself opportunities to slow down. You know, if my kids were away for the day at the grandparents and my husband's at work or doing something else, can I give myself permission to relax instead of feeling the need to fill all of the space with all of the things? Maybe I don't take the whole day off, but maybe I start by just giving myself 30 minutes, 30 minutes to do nothing or to do whatever the fuck I want to do. No matter how quote unquote frivolous and silly it may seem, can I give myself that? Receiving is an act of the feminine. Can I receive pleasure from myself? Can I receive, you know, downtime? Can I, can I receive that? And just, I, there are other practices that I've done, you know, over the course of, I mean, this has been a decade long journey at this point. Um, but really giving myself little opportunities to show myself and to provide myself with that evidence, provide my brain with that evidence that it really needs to know that it is safe, right? So little by little opportunity by opportunity, how can I soften a little more here? How can I allow, how can I open, right? So that's the first way. Number two, learning more and more about my feminine body, more and more about the feminine in general. So learning more about feminine energetics and what that really is and wounded feminine versus empowered feminine, wounded masculine versus empowered masculine, what it means to have an excess of both, um, what it means to have too little of both. Um, and then learning about my physical female body, you guys, that was the tipping point for me like learning that my body is not broken. It is just different than a man's learning that my period is not a sign of weakness. Really. It's a blueprint for my ultimate success. Learning what's happening with my body day to day based on the hormonal cycle that's going on within me and understanding that that's just how I'm designed. It doesn't mean that I'm lazy because I'm on day 26 of my cycle and, you know, my energy super low, estrogen's low, progesterone's low, like the hormones are doing their thing. I'm feeling really, really low, really lethargic. And knowing what's going on in my body at each phase of my cycle and each day of my cycle was such a gift to give myself because it allowed me to give myself grace. It allowed me to know, okay, this is what's happening with my hormones. So this is what's happening with my energy. So this is why I feel this way. I'm not a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> my body is just going through what it's designed to go through. And I cannot stress to you how supportive and nourishing that has felt to me. And I'm finally to this place. I used to feel so silly when, you know, I would even rationalize something to myself by saying, oh, I'm on day 26 of my cycle or, oh, I'm on day two of my cycle. So I just started my bleed. I'm in the, the middle of my bleed. And so I'm not going to do this thing because I'm bleeding. Like saying that now it's like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, that's just how I live my life. But, you know, even six months to a year ago, um, if I had said that I would have felt so silly, like, I'm not going to do that because I'm on my period. Like, Again, today, that feels like a very empowered statement, like a very empowered boundary. But six months to a year ago, it did not. 
It did not. It felt silly. It felt like a bullshit excuse because that's what I was always taught, right? Like I have memories of being in high school and girls sitting out in gym class and hearing people talk shit about them. Uh, Oh, she's sitting out because she's on her period. Like, yeah, the fuck she is. It's a controlled inflammatory response where her body is releasing so much. And she's a teenager. Yeah, she's taken a day. Like she's taken a day. You know, the shame that women have experienced for trying to listen to their bodies and trying to abide by the natural ebbs and flows and the rhythms that they experience internally. That's enough to make you turn off you know, and, and to resist the feminine urges that you experience. So learning about feminine and masculine energetics, and then learning about my feminine body changed the whole fucking game, whole fucking game. And I'm going to do a shameless plug here. I have a free masterclass coming on Monday, March 20th called Uh, sacred girl, modern world. And we're going to talk about all of this. And that's going to be a big component is just learning about the female body and learning about what's going on inside, why, when, how it's impacting you, blah, 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 all of the things. Um, Because that's been such a pivotal part of my journey personally. So there's that. You can find the link to join that in the show notes. And then lastly, the third and final uh, suggestion that I have and what's been really helpful for me as I kind of navigate and move more into feminine embodiment has been reconnecting to nature, which ultimately is a macrocosm of the feminine body. The feminine body is a microcosm of the natural world. Our bodies mirror the seasonal changes, right? So your the menstrual phase of your menstrual cycle, your physical bleed is synonymous with winter. The phase right after that, the follicular phase is synonymous with spring. Ovulation is synonymous with summer. And your luteal phase is synonymous with fall. Uh, These patterns are also mirrored back to us in the lunar cycle. And, you know, we hold within us nature and nature holds within itself us. Like the, the, the female body, the feminine and the natural world are one in the same. So learning about nature, learning to appreciate it, learning to spend time with it, learning to slow down and take it all in, making it a priority, all of that made doing those same things for myself and my own body, right? Spending time with it, listening to it, slowing down, making it a priority. It was a natural byproduct. It was a natural byproduct. It wasn't even something that I had to consciously think about. The more I immersed myself in the natural world, the more I aligned myself with the natural world, the more I learned about the natural world, the more I did all of those things for myself and for my feminine energy and my feminine body. Like, like it it wasn't even something I had to think about. Like, it was just like, oh, okay. Yes. Like it it was just like a, a, a knowing, like a yes, like, of course, of course. And just one more little like plug here, you know, you, you look around and you see how humans treat nature, right? We, we take from it, whatever we, we want, whatever we need. We take the land, we destroy the land, we pollute the air, we pollute the waterways. It's really this just like defamation of the natural world. And when we look at that 
And with the awareness that the natural world is a macrocosm of the female body, it's no surprise that the feminine has been treated the way it has been for centuries and even still is today. It's not taken seriously. It's seen as something that's only here to serve others. It's seen as something that can be inconvenient at times because it's so unpredictable. Right? So learning all of this, it truly feels just, I said it earlier in the show, it's so hard to conceptualize with words because the embodiment of the feminine is a feeling thing. Like you just feel it. It feels like love. It feels like warmth. It feels like abundance. It feels like overflow. And all of that feels like coming home. It just feels like coming home. And my wish is that every woman experience this in her lifetime, because this is ultimately her birthright, this feeling right here. It's so good. It's so, so good. So that's what I have for you today. Again, if you're feeling the call, I invite you into sacred girl, modern world. We're going to take this conversation even deeper, be on the lookout for coming episodes that are going to help you embody more of your feminine energy within specific areas of your life. And I just, I'm sending you so much love today. I'm sending you so much love. I'm sending you so much grace, so much good and positive energy and a hope that this episode helped you feel a little safer in the embodiment of your feminine, feel a little more at home, feel a little more held, feel a little more seen in who you are as a powerful, powerful woman. Thank you so much for listening today. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. But despite how good any of those things sound, any, you know, however good we logically know they are, there's still this natural resistance that happens, right? This very real fearful response and resistance within the body that then often does not allow us to step into this more feminine embodiment, right? And it comes from the trauma that lives within our body, right? Um, that That's a whole nother conversation for um, another podcast, but, you know, essentially we're constantly uh, taking in sensory input through our senses. That input then gets processed and turned into a perception. And those perceptions are then what fuel our emotions and our, and our thoughts. So before a thought even becomes a thought, it's rooted in our perceptions and our sensory input. And not only are we, you know, interacting and responding to our own perceptions and then having our own thoughts and our own emotions based on them, but we have inherited those generationally 
from up to seven generations before us. We can carry up to seven generations worth of energetic imprint within our own DNA, within our own auric system and auric field. So it's a lot. There's a lot happening there. There's a lot that both our physical and our energetic bodies are trying to process and move through that then creates this resistance that we feel to stepping more fully into feminine embodiment. Not only that, but then our logical mind steps in and we intellectualize everything based on our past experiences, right? So this is the way that things have always been, right? We're women predominantly operating in this wounded state of masculine energy, right? This go, 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 do, 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 achieve, 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 climb, 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 um, perpetually compromising their own desires and their own you know, needs in sacrifice and in service to others. So, you know, we express this wounded masculine energy that's really rooted in our own wounded feminine energy, right? Not feeling safe to be in the embodiment of the feminine. So, you know, that's how things have always been done, right? Like women just basically showing up as small men, and, you know, that's how things have always been done. So who are we to do things differently, right? So we begin to intellectualize the, the, the idea of even kind of shifting our own embodiment. And then there's also evidence of the old ways that we've been doing life, quote unquote, working, right? Because I mean, you're here, you've experienced some level of success. You haven't died yet. Your kids are still alive and healthy and, you know, you're still making your way through life. So your brain, your conscious brain counts that as evidence that what you're doing is working. It doesn't consider the fact that you're exhausted, that you're, you know, stretched super thin, that you're chronically stressed out, that you don't eat to nourish your body, that you have all of, all of these other things that are going on that, wouldn't be classified as success or happiness or things quote unquote working. It doesn't take that into consideration because your brain just wants you to survive. Your brain is not focused on you thriving. Your brain is not designed for thrival. It is designed for survival. And if that's what you're doing up to this point, then it is going to rationalize that. And it's going to introduce little thoughts into your psyche that say, why would you change? It's worked to, like it's working. You're alive, aren't you? Your kids are still here. You're still married. You have a house, you have a car, you have a career, you've got money in the bank. You have all of these things. It's quote unquote working. But really your brain is only concerned with your survival. So it is going to keep you locked in this state because it thinks that it is perpetuating your survival. But it is my personal belief that we are not here to merely survive. We are here to thrive. And because of that, we have to get past, you know, the, the stuck and stored and stagnant trauma within our own bodies. We have to get past these thought patterns and belief systems that say it, this is the way it's always been. Who am I to change it? It's already, right, it's working. I'm still here. It's okay. It's, we have to get beyond all of that to this space of, I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. I want to experience life in overflow. I want to experience abundance in all of its forms. 
I don't want just to have money in the bank. I want to have more than enough money in the bank so that I can have these experiences and afford experiences for other people. I want to have not just money in the bank, but I also want to have this experience of internal vitality. I want to feel good and vibrant and alive and energized and sensual and joyful. And like, I I don't just want money in the bank. I don't just want a car. I don't just want a home. I don't, I don't want just any of the, I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. Right. But because of all of these things, because our previously lived experiences, because of our inherited trauma and our own trauma, because of the logical mind, because of the monkey brain and the primitive mind, because it's how things have always been done, because it's technically quote unquote working because of all of that being in our feminine feels inherently unsafe. And often it can trigger feelings of guilt because I do have a house. I do have a car. I am quote unquote surviving quote unquote. It's working like all of the, who am I to want more? Who am I to desire more? That's selfish. I should feel guilty. I should feel ashamed. And again, that's another conversation for another day, another podcast, this, you know, perception of scarcity and fear and lack that our culture has literally ingrained in us. So that it can profit off of us. Let me put my tinfoil cap on. 